and welcome to Season 8, Episode 5 of the Cartridge Club's Game of the Month podcast, where we bring together members of the Cartridge Club community to discuss our community playthrough. If you're new to the club or are interested in participating in future months for games like Ghostbusters and our Turtle Power Month, please join our community Discord, our forums at cartridgeclub.org, or follow us on Twitter at CartridgeClubNA. We love to see the hashtag Cartridge Club used whenever you talk about one of the games we selected. I'm Melissa, Mrs. Q-Dog, here with my husband Eric, the Mighty Q-Dog, and on behalf of our rotating pool of hosts, Josh, Church, Ryan, and Musty Hobbit, I'd like to thank you for tuning in. Additionally, on behalf of the entire Cartridge Club community, I'd like to give a huge shout out to our Patreon Club backers. Joel Boyce, Kevin from Buried on Mars, Base Guy, Dean from Round 2 Gaming, and Caleb J. Ross. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's January, and once again, we're playing a classic game from the days of the Sega Master System. This year, we've chosen Wonder Boy the Dragon's Trap. And joining me and Eric today to talk about this game are, well, Eric's joining me. Hello. And we have Top Spot. Hello. And we have Sebastian one of the developers of the HD remake from 2017. Hi there. Welcome. How are you guys doing? Doing well. We are very glad that you guys can join us today. Um, I'm excited to talk about this game. Do you want to just Yeah, so let's, let's let Top Spot tell us a little bit about maybe his, himself, his history, and his history with this game, whatever, whatever you want to share. Absolutely. Well, first off, I do want to say it was an honor to uh, be allowed to join here, and it's a pleasure to speak to you all. Um, I actually don't have much of a history with this game or series. It, it's always been a blind spot for me, um, and I know the series as it went on had so many permutations and different names, and the, the closest thing I had to any familiarity, I guess, was Adventure Island, which is a game I, I don't, I'm not particularly fond of myself. So, <laughs> but... But the uh, the HD remake really did put the game kind of on my radar just because of how beautiful the updated visuals were. And so ever since then, I really had an interest in checking the game out. And being featured on the uh, Cartridge Club here gave me an opportunity to, uh, to give it a shot. And I really did enjoy it. I had a good time. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, we, we, one of the reasons um, we're glad to have you on is because this is a first-time playthrough for you. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. Right. So um, why, why don't we go, well, yeah, maybe we'll introduce ourselves and then uh -huh. we'll go to Sebastian at yeah. the end because he's got, he's got quite a story, I'm sure. So why, don't, Melissa, why don't you tell us? Um, so I, um, this is the first time I'm playing through this. Uh -huh. I was familiar with it because I'm married to you, Yeah. Uh, Master System guy. So um, I knew of the game and then you played the, when the remake came out, you dabbled in a little bit. I remember the hard version. With the yeah, uh, yeah, we can get to that That's a little right. bit later. Yeah. And um, so when the Cartridge Club had this as the game of the month, I said, "Oh, I'll play that. You know, yeah. I'll try that." It it didn't seem it didn't seem like it would be too difficult. It didn't seem like it would be too long. You know, I don't have a lot of time to play games, so I was very excited to play that. Great. So, and so you're a first time player first too, time right? First time player as well. Yes. And, okay. And then um, you so mentioned what, me before, yeah, so I'm so just going to jump in. And say, I'm familiar with this game from 1989. <laughs> uh, I've played it on the Sega Master System. It was one of the games that my brothers and I owned growing up. Uh, we loved it back then. We played a ton of it. 
and it's always been on my my top list of, of games. And of course, when the remake was announced, uh, I was super excited about that because I wanted this game to get a lot more attention. And so I went out and I got the uh, the limited run remake, you know, the physical version on PS4 and played that. And um, uh, but for this time, I um, uh, I played through the Sega Master System version. But I might be getting ahead of myself. Let's ask uh, Sebastian. Tell us a little bit about your history with this game. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, well, so I guess, I guess it started a bit like you, uh, probably back in 89. Uh, my, my sister actually had a master system. I was a, a bit younger than her, and, and we, for some reason, got this game. I don't, I don't know who bought it in the family, but someone bought it. And, uh, and I was hooked. I was hooked and uh, loved every minute of it. And, and growing up, I, I kind of fell in love with technology as well. Uh, a bit of, you know, video game development here and there. Uh, never thought too much of it. Um, then I went into a completely different, well, a, a semi-different career, which was embedded systems engineering. But I, mm -hmm. I was still in love with, with some aspects of game programming in general. And so I actually saw that trailer, the original trailer for the remake, online completely randomly and decided to just reach out to the team. Uh, so I sent an email to the, to the, to the developer, to Omar, uh, an email, by the way, that was written in English. And I said, <laughs> hey, uh, you know, I, I, I love this game. I've, you know, I've, I've actually attempted some small remakes of that game in the past myself. And uh, I, I also know the master system pretty well because I've, I've developed an emulator for it. Um, and I, I, I love 3D programming in general, OpenGL and, and those technologies. And so I, I sent that whole email and he responded to me in French, which was surprising because I didn't know he was French. And so he, he kind of figured <laughs> that out pretty quickly and uh, said uh, basically, oh yeah, let, let's have a Skype call and I'll show you the, the technology and, and yeah, you're, you're, you're on board, no problem. You can join the team. So like three days later, I was in heaven and started working on that. And, uh, and the whole development process was, was just uh, amazing to me because, uh, you know, like the, I, was, I was still that kid, right? Like in love and fond of this original game. And, and so the, as the artist, and the, the musician, so Ben and, and Michael in the team were, were producing new art or, or new, new, new pieces uh, of the soundtrack. I was, I was receiving that in the morning when I was waking up. I was actually living in Australia at the time. And, and so I would wake up and, and, and see that new content and just get super excited about it. So <laughs> it was, a, it was a, an amazing experience uh, developing that game as well for me. Awesome. So I want to ask because I, I have just a little bit of experience with this. You mentioned um, you mentioned Omar. He is a big uh, the creator of a master system website called SMS Power. And I'm curious. You said you wrote an emulator uh, for the master system. Had you ever worked with Omar before on SMS Power or anything like that? No, but I I knew his name, of course. Like, yeah, like you said, yeah. He's, uh, he's He's probably one of the, the biggest voices 
of the Sega Master System. He actually wrote uh, also the Mecha emulator, right. uh, which is pretty famous. And he's, he's also involved in, in, uh, in various game-related technologies. He's developing a library called the uh, IM GUI, which is used for tools in uh, yes. a lot of game engines. And, and, and so I, I knew his name from somewhere. Uh, and, and so, but, but I never, I had never actually worked with him or contacted him in the past. Wow. Fascinating. Okay. I'm, I'm definitely going to want to get into some of the technical stuff. We're going to save that towards the end, but let me go around and just make sure that we got, I want to ask one more time. Um, how did everyone play the game this time? Top spot. How did you play the game this time? Uh, well, I what platform? Yeah, I played the remake, and I actually played it on Amazon Luna. Um, <clears throat> I I'm a subscriber to Luna, and it's one of the available games on the platform, so it just kind of wow. worked out perfectly for me. Okay. And did you play as Wonder Boy or Wonder uh, Girl? I, I did play as Wonder Boy. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't know that it has much of an impact on the game after the introduction, but uh, maybe, maybe Sebastian can answer that question. Uh, how did you play it? Uh, did you play along this time, Sebastian? No, I, I I played it two months ago. Just uh, just uh, you know, I was I was bored. I was like, all right, let, let me just you know play the entire game real quick. Um, and I played on my PlayStation Four as Wonder Girl. Nice. Oh, excellent. So, does the girl have any? Does it change anything throughout the game, or is it just that intro part? It is just the intro part. We okay. Uh, okay. we we added like even in retro mode, right? We we added uh, a, a sprite just for her. Yeah, right. Okay. Oh, even in the retro mode too. Oh, I didn't know that. We're going to talk about that retro mode. Um, but Sebastian, you've played. You said you played this growing up too, so you must have played the Master System version in the past. Absolutely, yes. Yes, yes, of course. Okay. And Melissa, how did you play this time? Um, I played it on the Switch because I wasn't sure I wanted to be able to do it portable if I if if I needed to. Yeah. But I but I ended up playing it docked. So I played it on the on our television. So So yeah, so we have we have quite a few versions well, yeah. of this game. Now we don't have the Luna version. No. But um I have it on the master system obviously from when I was a child. We bought the limited run version for PS4 and then this time around I'm like I really want this on the Switch too. Yeah. So we bought the Switch copy and that that's how you played it, right? And you mostly stuck with the remade graphics, right? I did. Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah. So I they're just they're they're beautiful. Just the I mean we can get into that a little bit later or we could just talk about it now, but I just think the graphics, the new graphics are just it's it's almost like water. It's like watercolor. Oh yeah, they're you know? they're gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, I and and I think that the graphics in that game have always been yes, beautiful. You, I think yes, even the Master have. System graphics yes. are still beautiful. And this time, I've played the game many times in the past, but this this time I did decide um, I was going to live stream my playthrough and try to do it all in one sitting, which yes. I'd never done before. And I played the Sega Master System version. And uh, we actually reached out to the Cartridge Club community mm -hmm. and did a little poll. Um, do we have those results up? Yeah, here. Okay, so we did a poll. Uh, how did people play it? Now, maybe I'm biased. The, the poll was Sega Master System, mm -hmm. the remake, mm -hmm. Turbo Graphics, which is the other main version I think of, and that came out back in the 89 or 90 also, mm -hmm. and then Other, right. which would be maybe Game, I think it's available on Game Gear, um, yes. 
we kind of bundled the remake all into one. Okay, so what were the what were the results for those? What was the winner? So the winner was the remake. Of course. 53%, uh, 15 people had voted. 53% did the remake, played the remake. Uh, 20% played the Master System version. Okay. 13% played Turbo Graphics, and 13% played Other. And um, I asked people to comment what their other was, and Corpse Flood Gaming commented that he played the PS4 Four. and the Master System. Yeah. So he played remake and old school. Awesome. Okay, so yeah, it seems like the remake is really the way that people have been enjoying this game, and um, that's a great way to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, the remake is fantastic. We're going to get into all about the remake a little bit later. So I want to... We'll move on a little bit. We mentioned the intro a little bit. Um, the intro and the story. Uh, why don't we have... Uh, Sebastian, why don't you tell us a little bit about the intro and the story for this game? Yeah, so it's actually an interesting one because the intro to this game is really the outro, the ending of the previous game where mm -hmm. you, you basically go into a castle and... Uh, and you fight a you fight a mecha dragon, and and so in uh, in in our game in the original also uh, Monster World Two or, or Wonder Boy Three the Dragon Strap, the intro is the same. You just go into a castle and you're about to to slay the dragon. Unfortunately, the the dragon uh, you know curses you into a, a lizard man, and so. The entire premise of the game is basically to go back to your human form. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's right. Yeah, and on the way, you you get kind of cursed a few times, and yes. you eventually you make your way through it. Now, uh, Top Spot, you've never played the game. This was the first time playing the game, and you said you've never played any of the other games. What did you think of the intro? Was it was it uh, confusing, or did you kind of figure uh, out no. what was going on? No, I mean, it's actually, um, it sort of has become a trope in a lot of games to start out like super powered and then to lose it all and have to build your way back up. I just didn't realize it was a trope that went back that far. Um, <laughs> so that it was pretty good. It was, a, it was a good way to set the scene and, and give you an idea of what you were working towards. Um, and I was very surprised by the curse. <laughs> I thought I was supposed to collect that. Um, instead, I should have been trying to collect the money. <laughs> <laughs> but I went oh, straight right. for the curse. Yeah. I went straight for it <laughs> because I thought that yeah. was collectible for beating the dragon. But no, I thought it, it set the stage great. It was a great way to start out. Good. Yeah, good. We're, we might talk about the, the previous game. Um, Sebastian mentioned uh, for the Master System, this is called Wonder Boy 3, but it's also called Monster World 2. Uh, it is a sequel to another game. And we're going to talk a little bit about the series later. But let's focus on this game right now. Um, Let's talk about the gameplay. Yeah. What What is the game like, um, Melissa? What What do you think of the, uh, the? I mean, the main mechanics in the game are kind of platforming, it's right? Platform, it's moving yes. from Loki. Yeah. So what do you think? You know, either left or right, or sometimes you can go both ways. And um, you know, you're you're hitting the enemies as you make your way through, and you know, and and sometimes you go up. You know, you're you're in you know a pyramid, and you got to go up. And, and do a little bouncing or climb a wall or do things. So, yeah, it's it's total platforming, I mm -hmm, would say. Mm -hmm. um, and you want to collect money and you want to kind of upgrade. 
so then I guess you know some people might say, well, then it's kind of kind of RPG-ish, but I mean only in so much as you want you want to collect gold, and so you have to kind of play things a little bit over and over, like maybe a level that you are able to get through easily to get some more gold, get a to, little buy, extra gold. to buy things, yeah, Gr- yeah. grind up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, top spot. You you mentioned grinding. How, what did you What did you think about the uh, the gameplay? Whatever, platforming, grinding. Yeah. The, you know, action platforming. Um, the going into it essentially blind. I I really didn't know if I was going into a game that had a series of levels. I didn't realize it was going to be one connected map. Those are all things I learned through playing because I just hadn't uh, hadn't investigated it before. Um, but certainly after the intro scene, it gets tough. <laughs> it doesn't uh, pull its punches on you. Um, but what I liked about it, and I do, you, you'll have to tell me if it was the same in the, in the original, was that I died a lot. I saw the game over screen more than I have in any game I've played in the last two or three years. <laughs> but you, mm-hmm. you, you don't lose anything substantial um, because you get to keep the money that you were earning. So uh, when Melissa was starting, the advice I gave her was treat the early game a little bit like a roguelike um, or a roguelite, actually. The progress is, is going towards things. You know, you might die and have to uh, start at the town again, but you haven't lost that much time. You haven't lost that much progress, and you're constantly building towards the next thing. So it was, it was easy to justify all the game overs because I was still building up even though I was uh, – you know, being, being, having my butt handed to me a lot. Sure. Sure. I, you know, and top set, I would say, so I had a little bit of trouble with this. I'm not a big platformer. I'm not, Mm -hmm. I mean, I I play games, but I'm not like a huge gamer. Right. And so I'm not very skilled. And I had just come off playing God of war 2018 where you could, you know, where you're checkpointed every, you know, five minutes or so. Uh, right. Right. And, so, like, you know, so I'm just losing five minutes of time. And here, you're right, it's not a lot of time, um, but um, once I read, you know, once you said that to me, I did get in a different mind frame, and I did start enjoying the game a lot more, you know. And so because I, I came off of God of War, and I was like, oh, this is like a totally different game, and I'm not doing as well, it 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 kind of gave me like a roadblock mentally. And then when you mentioned, oh, just, you know, just just think of it as, you know, collecting money and, and getting better and better, like that really changed the game for me. And I really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, great, great. So, so, Sebastian, what about you? I mean, so you you grew up playing this game or you, you, you played it for 30 years now, I guess. You worked on the development. What What do you think about the gameplay of this game? Yeah, so there's a there's a few interesting things compared to other typical platformers. I would say like the I think the first thing is really that you know it's not like a Mario where you have to time your jumps very perfectly to get to another platform, and you know if you fall down a pit, then you're dead. Like you 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 never die by falling into a pit in this game. Mm-hmm. What that does That's is true. that brings you to a new level, right? And mm-hmm. the the way you approach the the also like you know and this has been seen by uh, or or I've seen this by by watching a lot of players play is that 
you know, they're used to platformers where you kind of go pretty fast and then you expect that an enemy will show up a bit like further and you will have time to react. This game is, uh, I would say like, you know, you, you, can't, you cannot really play the same way. You have to be a lot more patient. So when you approach a new area that you, that you don't really know, you want to make sure to, to, to kind of go slowly to, to see what's up, right? Just, mm-hmm. you, know, just like a, you know, you'll have a, a random snake or a cyclops like coming at you and, and then you will be like, uh, you know, uh, circled by, by different enemies and like you, you will die immediately. So it, it's more about just trying to figure out, okay, what's, what's next and, and taking it slowly. I think mm-hmm. that's for me one of the major differences that this platformer is compared to others. Um, there, there's, of course, the RPG elements that were mentioned that makes it kind of exciting, uh, you know, like just uh, buying the right equipment for mm-hmm. the right uh, character and for the right environment uh, that, that adds a, a bit of spice to it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and we haven't actually explicitly mentioned that in this game, um, you get cursed at the beginning, right? You turn into Lizard mm-hmm. Man. And as the game progresses, you kind of, you transform into different creatures, right? right. Now there's five, I think there's five total. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, two things related to that, because uh, the first thing I'll mention, we'll come back to the RPG elements, but the first thing I want to mention is that you these creatures have different abilities and to me this was new and i want to bring this up because i always thought that wonder boy did this before castlevania and that is the the abilities grant you access to new areas right uh and for a game from 1989 i thought that was mm-hmm. i thought that was pretty great um how did you guys feel about the uh, uh the different creatures or the animals i guess and then you're, you know, top spot, let me ask you, because you played it for the first time. So you turned into Lizard Man, and then you beat the boss. You beat the dragon, right? And mm-hmm. you were suddenly turned into a mouse, I think, right? That's correct. Did that surprise you? Did you know what to do with that? How did you how did you know how to proceed? Right. Well, um, the, the remake does a, a decent job of giving you an idea of what your each of the people can do if you read the text and the and the menus and stuff but one thing that i liked and we haven't said the word metroidvania yet (laughs) i think we might be (laughs) leaning into that a little bit yes um but before we explore that aspect of it what i liked about the transformations were and i think i found this to be pretty unique every transformation wasn't necessarily an upgrade some things were better but some things were worse so like becoming the mouse was you get one ability that grants you access to new places, but your range is completely stripped of you. <laughs> like the lizard right. man shoots, yeah. you know, a range attack, but the mouse man has a tiny little sword, <laughs> a tiny, tiny, right. you got to get really close. So by that point in the game, you better hope that you're better at combat because you've got to get right up on, on top of the enemies to take care of them. Um, and so that aspect of give and take was very interesting. Um, if I had designed it, I pro- I probably would have did Mouse Man first, and it would have seemed like an upgrade going forth. But I liked I liked the spice of of having the swap like that. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay, so let's talk about that. You mentioned, and that's what I wanted to segue into was sort of the changing to Mouse Man, or mm-hmm. it it wasn't always an upgrade, and that's true. I find 
that's true for the equipment. I want to talk about the RPG elements. Um, sure. You could buy new equipment, mm -hmm. but did you guys, did you experiment with the equipment at they, all they were, to see? They were situationally um, more useful depending on your that's form right. and things like that. And it took me a little bit to, to figure that out. The stats are right there on the menu, but I, I wasn't paying attention to them the right way. So yeah, I was, I was trying to go ahead with kind of the wrong sword equipped, you know, but uh, before long, I figured it out. Right. right, right. And then, and you know, and there's also, I like how there's like the armor that um, keep makes you, the special is that it, you're immune to lava, to lava. right? Yeah, absolutely. But, but it's, it's the defense uh, number is real, it's kind of low, you know, it's not like the best armor defensively. So like, like, so that's why you have to like check each one. It's, you can't just go by how high of a defense you're getting. You know, because you may need want a different armor with a special. And I definitely swapped to that armor a few different times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. What What's interesting also is that the we actually added the the little helper text saying that you know oh this armor is special. You mentioned uh -huh. the the, uh, the dragon mail, which is the where where you are immune to lava. Uh, there's yeah. also the the prince armor that gives you. That basically replaces items with the hearts. So that's a mm -hmm. that's a nice armor to to uh, to equip if you're low on hearts, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And the original game uh, from '89 did not have any sort of helper text to kind of give you an idea of if there's a special ability in that equipment or not. So it was it was very interesting because you kind of randomly found these things and sometimes like you thought you would you know go crazy because you're like oh i'm wearing that armor and i feel like i'm getting more hearts but i'm not sure mm -hmm. so, right. so it was a it was a different experience that you know we uh we we altered the tiny bit in that in that regard oh very good yeah i want to talk we're going to talk a little bit about what kind of changes were made between the different versions but before we do, um, I guess let's talk. So we mentioned that the different creatures kind of give you access to different areas. And I guess, you know, I think the game kind of trains you. When you turn into Mouse Man, you're like inside a pyramid and there's mouse blocks everywhere. Yes. And you can kind of walk way out. Those yeah. And so they, they kind of teach you that. Um, at one point, uh, the I claim the game kind of opens up mm -hmm. where... You are a creature, lizard man, and then you become mouse man, and then you become piranha man, mm -hmm. which is good. He can swim. Right. And uh, But then you, something happens. You get an item that allows you to find a transformation room, right? Mm -hmm. And you can start to transform. And so you're then free to move between the different creatures that you've you've got, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so that allowed, I felt like that was a really good part, part where you could start to explore, mm -hmm. right? And this game has some secrets. Yeah, I, I think it has. It has a few secrets. Um, I'm yeah, gonna start I, with Tom's spot again. Yeah, because you're a new time player. So, did you find any secrets? Did you find anything uh, noteworthy or interesting that was <laughs> sort of off the beaten path? Well, I'll tell you straight straight out. I know I did not find every secret. Um, I I've got two swords I never found, even having beaten the game. And there's an armor I didn't find. Uh, okay. One of the best secrets in the game, I think it's probably one of the most famous ones, you kind of gave me a hint towards, and uh -huh. I, ne I never would have found that on my own. 
<laughs> it is a very, very cleverly hidden uh, uh, depository for uh, all the different upgrades and, and items. Um, just the way the game, like I just wasn't looking past that being just a standard item room. <laughs> right. So that, that's an awesome, awesome secret. And uh, I appreciate you pushing me towards it. And I had accidentally gotten that spoiled to me on Twitch. I, I signed on to Twitch for five minutes and I saw the guy go into that place. So oh. I was like, oops, I didn't mean to yeah. spoil that, but that's what happened. So that is I a secret. I tried to be subtle. You were very subtle. It was great, but I already knew what you were talking about because I had just seen okay. it. <laughs> other than that, um, I don't know what other secrets I did or didn't find because I, I was just playing like it's linear enough that I didn't even know if I was finding a secret or just progressing, you know what I mean? Like of the swords I found, I'm missing two, but maybe someone else might be missing one that I did find. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, but I, that part of it, that's one of the best things I like about games in general is figuring out their secrets. And this one still holds some that I don't know about yet. Yeah. So, so Sebastian, uh, again, I know a little bit about how this game was developed. How faithful was the game to with the secrets from from the original? Uh, extremely faithful. Um, I think like all the secrets that were in the original are in our remake. Um, uh -huh. We added a few ones that we can talk about in a bit. Um, sure. But but I'll say that yeah, like the, for me the, that's uh, what resonates a lot with this game is I, I remember just uh, walking around in different places pressing. You know the the uh, the up direction on the on the D pad just to see if it would open a secret door somewhere, and mm -hmm. so I was just scanning areas like when I was a kid and trying to figure that out, and and that that's pretty special because it's the game doesn't give you any sort of clue as to where a secret could be. Like there's a lot of random spots or random rules that trigger certain secrets, so we we try to keep that uh, you know and be faithful in in that sense yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah any I, other I, any? I like ahead. that you i like that you mentioned there's a lot of uh behind the scenes uh things that kind of determine what happens um like like even just how much health you lose to to hitting something it's not random per se but it's not absolutely predictable either or sometimes I'll one-shot an enemy, and the next one I'll hit, and it takes two hits. So there's a lot yeah. of behind-the-scenes things to how the equipment works or whatever uh, that kept it interesting. Um, and I saw on the, the developer blog post that you know that was you had to dive deep into the, the code to figure out how a lot of those things worked. So I thought that was pretty amazing. Yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna ask Sebastian all about the uh, sort of the reverse engineering thing. But before we get to that, is there any other comments you guys want to make about the gameplay itself? I mean, I really liked that, you know, it seemed like this game was kind of short, right? It was like, oh, this, like, I'm already on to the next level or, um, mm -hmm. you know. But because once you became a new character and then when you could go back to change back to the new character and all this, like, other areas opened up or the same area that you're already at had like a secondary yeah had had secondary um areas for a different character now i thought that was really cool very good yeah very good yeah okay let's so let's uh, maybe we'll move on a little bit and of course just if you have any thoughts just throw them out but um i want to move on a little bit to sort of the design of the game or the 
I guess we talked about the gameplay. I'm thinking more of the audiovisual mm-hmm. now of the game. And of course, um, some of you played the remake. Some of you worked on the remake, and some <laughs> of us have played the the original. Uh, maybe we'll start with the remake because I think that's what most people did. So, Melissa, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you. You already said. What do you think of the graphics in this game? They're they're beautiful. Like I said, it's almost like a watercolor to me. Just the way uh-huh. it was um, illustrated and animated, and so I just I thought everything was just just beautiful, you know. And then the you know the music, it's just all around package. Great package, mm-hmm. right? Now, and and this game is from 1989 or something, mm-hmm. right? And we're playing it in 2020. So mm-hmm. with the remake. Did it age well? I mean, it's yeah. it's a two D game, but it's beautiful. It is, yes, so. it is, for sure. It, I mean, it, there's there's no, I I don't see why anyone would have any kind of complaint about playing it. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Top Spot? What do what do you think about the the graphics and the sound? Oh yeah, the, the visuals they they knocked me out. Um, like I said, when when it was first launched, that was one of the things that I took major notice of was just how how gorgeous the character design was, and and how you can see how it's drawn from the original. Like it's not like uh, a pixel by pixel copy of the original art, but if you put the two characters side by side, you can tell they represent the same thing. Um, and each each of the forms are are just brilliantly animated. And and when you think you've seen it all, you'll get to a place that has this like like the top of the pyramid has this lighting effect that like literally took my breath away. <laughs> you you get shown in a gradual silhouette because there's a there's a bright light source behind you. The whole thing just really blew me away. And as far as the music is concerned, we we didn't explicitly say it, but in the remake you can at your will swap back and forth between the original graphics or the updated graphics and you can do the same separately with the audio. Um there are I went through entire play sessions without even realizing I was on the original audio because the music's just that good. Like it was so good and so fitting to the places where you are in the game. The updated music is wonderful, but I was listening to the old music without even realizing it. It was just so good and so fitting. So I, I just, it was very, very good. Excellent. Now, and Sebastian, you mentioned that you saw the trailer and that inspired you to reach out to the developers, right? So tell us your, your thoughts on the graphics and sound. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I did realize it was, uh, it was a real thing when I when I saw those graphics, right? You know, you 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 have a lot of uh, games being remade that don't always meet the the quality bar, right? And and so when I saw that, I, w- I was just enamored. Uh, but yeah, like the the work that uh, it so his name is Ben Fique. He pretty uh-huh. much um, he, he hand so everything is hand drawn in the in the game, and that was just him doing that. Uh, and he comes. He comes from um, from a comic book background, and so you you can oh. of course understand that when when you see the, those graphics. Absolutely. But yeah, like he he, he worked uh, extremely hard, and and we were all uh, like all of us in the, in the team were critical of everything he was doing too, and so there was a lot of back and forth to try to 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 get that that feel of you know. Uh, like that's what was saying. Like you know, is is the new character really matching what we all envisioned when we were playing the original game? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I think that that really worked out. Um, and, and yeah, we, we're we're all proud of of, of the end result for sure. Uh, the oh. the audio as well is is something amazing. 
um, you know, the original 8-bit music, it's, it's kind of tough to reimagine some of that, right? Like, it's, it's, uh, it's cheat tunes. And now you have yeah. to figure out what, what kind of instruments are fitting for that particular scene, right? right. And, and for that particular environment. So a lot of, of work was done by, uh, by uh, Michael and, uh, and Romain Gauthier uh, to, to kind of, you know, figure out what, what would be the best way to, to set the mood correctly. Uh, and so yeah, I, pretty happy with the end result. Yeah, I wanted to comment on the music because, you know, the, the SMS soundtrack has been in my head for, you know, since since 1989. And um, it's chip tunes, right? And the Master System, you know, it, it can't do a whole lot. But with this remake uh, in the new sound, the instrument choices they chose, I thought were perfect. I thought those were absolutely perfect choices to extend the music from the chip tune into a sort of more modern sound. And you mentioned like, um, I, I can't even think, the best example I can think of, I guess, is at the beach, right? Where beach. there were- I was uh, gonna mention drums. the beach too. Yeah, it sounded like a Caribbean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it had a Caribbean it. sound, right? And yeah. there, there was maybe the heart, when you get a new heart and there's a chime or whatever, mm -hmm. and they use strings. And I'm like, that is completely perfect. Mm -hmm. that, that, that fits, it fits really great. And so I know the graphics get a lot of attention and they should. The sound here is also just just incredibly well done. And um, yeah, we kind of mentioned. Uh, Go oh, ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I, I was just thinking about a random thing where, you know, I was not really aware how sound effects really were made. I mean, I had an idea, but there, there's some creativity uh, there. Like, the, for instance, the, the, the sound of the sword, right? When you, when you uh -huh. swing your sword, this is actually a mix of, of uh, Romain just uh, using, I think, a badminton racket in front of a microphone, mixed, <laughs> mixed with uh, like two knives uh, just uh, sliding against each other. And so the, the whoosh sound and the, the kind of like <laughs> clink sound, you know, makes the, the, the final sword sound. So there, there's also some really fun parts uh, in, in the, the entire um, audio sound effects. Yes, you're probably right, and that's something that, again, uh, one, I have one no... thing I, I wanted to ask while we're on that topic: uh, the the sunflowers, their death uh, yell sounds like the Wilhelm scream. Is it was that used, or was it just patterned off of that? It's it's low audio, so you have to like really pay attention to it, but it really sounds like the Wilhelm scream. I, I do not remember, but I know that some of, uh, some of us were tasked with uh, uh, recording grunts. So <laughs> some of that might have been altered to come into some of the enemy sounds, but I don't, I don't exactly remember what was what. <laughs> no problem. Okay. okay. So, so we've talked about, yeah, we've talked about the graphics and sound um, a little bit on the remake. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about some of the other differences uh, between the original, what I, you know, what I consider the original on the master system, and um, the remake. And in addition to the graphics and sound, one of the big things that was added uh, is a new difficulty level, difficulty levels, right? So um, let me just—I'll go around the table. Uh, our first-time players, uh, Melissa, I'm going to embarrass you first, I guess. What difficulty level did you play on? Only 
you get embarrassed <laughs> okay, about okay, difficulty okay. levels. Fine, fair <laughs> enough. Okay. How did you play? I played on easy. Uh-huh. Uh, like I said, I, I'm not very good at video games, and I wanted to, and I, you know, I don't have a lot of time, so I wanted to be able to play through it. You know, and I enjoy, I enjoyed it, and it was not easy for me. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. How about you, Top Spot? Did you uh, take advantage of the difficulty levels? Well, I, I pretty much always start everything at the baseline, so I set it to normal. Um, and, uh-huh. and I talked about it being difficult, and, and Melissa has as well. But I do want to say that it's difficult but fair. I don't want anyone to get scared off from us saying right. that it's hard. Because really, like uh, like Sebastian mentioned early, earlier, it's your play style will affect how well you do. Like mm-hmm. if you're going to try to rush, you're going to take hits. Um, but if you're patient and work your way through uh, and learn the the patterns of each of the enemies, none of the enemies are really cheap. Um, it's so easy to create a cheap enemy that just homing missiles on you. But these guys, you know, do a, a pattern that you can exploit or uh, you might have to push forward and move back and get them. But you can always work your way out of, of what you're getting into if you, you know, just pay attention and and put the skill in. Okay. How about Sebastian? Um, I want to know how you played the game or how you played the game, but I also kind of want to know what what do the difficulty levels do? How do they change the gameplay? Can you can you talk to us about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, first of all, when when I typically play, I think I play on on uh, on normal. Just for me, it's it's a bit more casual these days. Uh, but the difficulty level, so easy, the the enemies uh, HP is typically a tiny bit uh, smaller. Uh, and you you start with an extra potion as well, so the potion which is used to restore your life in case you're you're out of heart. Um, the the normal is a, an exact copy of the original. Um, then there's hard mode. Hard mode is inspired by the, the the previous game in the series where you kind of have a timer and you have to like collect items to uh, to to make sure your hearts don't uh, deplete. And so uh-huh. we kind of replicated that concept where you have to get hearts, small hearts, if you want to reset the timer. When the timer expires, it just depletes your life a tiny bit. Uh, and then there's a hidden mode that we added very, very late in the game, uh, just for fun and for for uh, for for people who uh, who are uh, who are a bit crazy because it's 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 very hard. <laughs> It's basically the, the same thing as the hard mode, except you only have one heart uh, in the entire Ooh. game. And, um, and so this can be accessed through a, a secret combination in the, in the difficulty selection screen. I will oh, say really? that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you press the inventory button for, I think, five seconds, uh, when you select your difficulty screen, it will pop up an extreme mode. Okay. So that's one of the secrets we added as well. Uh, That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, and and so um, I will say that not everybody in our team finished extreme mode. <laughs> that sounds pretty tough to me. I I don't know about one heart only. <laughs> and does that timer go down when you're fighting the dragon bosses too? Uh, no, I think we. So if I remember correctly, uh, there's there's a couple of rules that where we disable the timer. I believe when you're fighting dragons, because you cannot get any sort of item at that time, right. you cannot get hearts, so you cannot refill your, sense. your timer. And yeah. there's also where, when there's a, a screens without any enemy at all. 
So okay. the the village, which is kind of the safe safe spot of the game, right? Uh, yeah. Of course, your your timer is not depleting there. Okay. Let me ask you. Um, you mentioned the life potions or medicine. I forget what they're called. I'm going to call them potions. I had forgotten about this. In the Master System version, the potions seem to they don't always fill you up all the way. It's random. It's it appears random. Mm -hmm. um, was that kept the same in the uh, remake, or am I mistaken? How did the potions work? Do you remember, Sebastian? I, I do exactly remember because I, I, I found out something while reverse engineering that part. <laughs> so the, the way that it works is that it's uh, based on the amount of hearts you have. There is a range that it will refill up to. So either it's, it, it's basically, let's say you have five hearts, it's going to refill from three hearts to five hearts. But there is a secret there. If you keep mashing the attack button, while your potion is refilling your heart, it will go up to the max every time. What? what? Oh. That's awesome. Awesome tip. <laughs> you gotta write that down. Is that true in the original and the remake? No, yes. Remake. It oh. is true in both. Yes. Oh, you know what? I must have just been you were just mashing the whole time. Mashing the whole time because oh, well, it well. always fills for me. All right. That's good to know, because that was one of the frustrating parts, which I had forgotten about until I replayed it recently, was that the potions don't always refill you all the way. Okay, let's talk about... Okay, so then... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead. We actually sent out a poll. Mm -hmm. uh, did I add... Okay, so did I ask Sebastian what levels he played on? He said he, said he oh, played normal. Normal, yeah. And I played... Well, I played the Master System version, so I guess normal, too. Mm -hmm. um, but we sent out a poll. How did people play? What difficulty level did they play? And... The poll kind of matches our experience, right? 61%, mm -hmm. 62% played on normal mm -hmm. out of 21 people. Um, interestingly, no one played on hard, but 23%, uh, almost 24% played extreme. Hmm. Do we do we believe them? Uh, it's an extreme secret, and it sounds really difficult. But some people did find that secret and play on extreme, so good, good for them. That's way beyond my skill, yeah. I can tell you that. All right. I want to talk about some of the other uh, changes. Um, one thing I guess I'm curious about are the charm stones. Um, I don't actually know how these really worked. And I, I know you could collect them in the Master System game. They seem to be missing in the remake. Uh, Sebastian, can you talk to us about the charm stones? How, how was that mechanic yeah. modified for the remake? Yeah, absolutely. So charm stones were used in the original game uh, to, to uh, collect charm points basically it was mm -hmm. it was displayed as a cp in the menu if i remember correctly and and so uh, what happened is that some shops would uh, which you know you can find a few shops in the game that sell items and some items would be only reserved uh, or are only available if you had a certain amount of charm points Right. Not only are the charm stones uh, impacting your, your number of charm points, but uh, each character also had different, uh, a different base number of charm points. So that entire mechanism was extremely grindy in the original, or, or yeah. that's at least how the entire team felt. And so we, we decided to, to, uh, to kind of get rid of it. There was also a Game Gear versions that uh, kind of modified the, the way the, the Charm Stones uh, were working. So 
the, the fact that we removed that was not completely new to the amount of versions that that existed for this game. We didn't okay. completely remove them. We we actually uh, added the same kind of item for a different purpose. So uh, we we'll probably talk about some other secrets later. But there are some different uh, secret levels that you can access, and when you finish those, you actually get a charm stone. And mm. these charm stones are used for a few things. Um, one of them is to be able to collect uh, or to buy uh, a new secret sword in the game that was Ooh. not uh, in the original. And uh, also they are used to open up some secret doors in the village. It, it's more like an end game type of thing where you are able to reach the dragon rooms right away from the village. Uh, but for that, you need uh, all the charm stones collected from the remake. Okay. Yeah, okay. In my, in my playthrough, I did get one charm stone very, very near the end. And uh, just for fun, I, I booted up the Master System version, version and I was playing around on it. And it, it gave me a charm stone very near the beginning. So that kind of yeah. clears it up for me because I wasn't sure what was going on with that. Since you brought that up, we're um, uh, I got two. I actually got two today, two charm stones today. So nice. where did you get yours at? You know That's what? Not... It's actually been a few weeks. I don't remember. It was it was something very, very near the end. Um, okay. but I, I don't remember what I I do know there is a shopkeeper that's keeping something from me. <laughs> yeah, so, me too. Yeah. Uh he's kind of in the underground area. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh yeah, so uh I only found one, so you're actually one up on me there. Yeah. Okay. So, so what did you find, Melissa? So I, I found so there's we can you know, this is kind of I don't know, I feel like this is kind of like a secret. There's these unknown levels. They're called the unknown. And so, um, like, there was the one I found was um, I was Lion Man, and when you go in the water on on the beach, if you, because Lion Man, his sword hits the ground, there's like a rock that's kind of hidden behind, um, like, uh, kale or, I mean, or... Seaweed? Um, seaweed, yeah. yeah. So I was just I was just hitting as I was walking along and I accidentally found it. Right? And so I did that's, not find that one. Yeah, so and I actually found it when I was first lying man and I was like, this is too hard and I got out of there. <laughs> that was like <laughs> like that was before I even like went through the lion man level. So um, I went back today and I got that. And then there was there's one um, at the end of Lava World is what I wrote down. You, if you change into Hawkman, you can fly over the bricks that are there, and you get this unknown world for him. So right. And then the other one is I went. There's a door underwater under the desert. Like at one point, there's those uh, crabs that are shooting up at ant you, lions. and then you can go. Yeah. Ant lions. Yeah, they're called ant lions. Okay. Yeah. So down there, there was like a, a, a door, a random door I found. And, but then what happens is it turns me into Lizard Man. And I couldn't get past this one part jumping as Lizard Man. And so I, I couldn't do that one. So are these, were these added in the remake, Sebastian? I don't remember any of these in the original. Were these new rooms you guys added, new secrets? 
Yeah, exactly. So we, we kind of wanted to extend the, the base game a tiny bit by providing challenge levels and yeah. all of the unknown areas that you mentioned. So there is one per character, including human. And yeah, uh, yeah and, and so, yeah, we, we, we did those, like the, the, the development of this changed quite a bit. Um, I mean, it evolved quite a bit during development. At first, we wanted to make it kind of timed, uh, make it in a loop and see like how how better you could be and 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 to beat your time and then uh, after we realized oh well you know maybe we should make it uh, so that there is a, a prize at the end and that's when we brought charm stones back and and so uh, and and then finally that was the 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 best sword in the game that you know you can get through all these charm stones but the mm. one interesting uh, tidbit is that the mouseman level. Uh, which you guys haven't seen yet, apparently. Uh, it's probably <laughs> the. It, it's not probably. It is by far the worst level in the in the. <laughs> oh no! Uh, so, Omar actually uh, designed that level, and because it was kind of exciting for us, because this was actually new, like level design we were adding, and so yeah. we were trying to find ways to. Uh, to to create a a, uh, uh, a little environment which was very tailored to one particular form. So he added Mouseman, and you know he was like, well, Mouseman can grip to certain uh, blocks, right? Mm -hmm. And so yeah. he decided to instead of you know having like the the the, the Mouseman tower where the, the for the dungeon where you have this very long, easy to, to walk on uh, mouse blocks. No, he, he added basically mouse blocks in the air, which were only a single block. So it makes it super hard to just jump on them. Yeah. Then if you fall, then you kind of have to restart the entire level. It doesn't <laughs> kill you, but you basically have to go through that again. So the, the first, I think the when he first uh, came out with this design, I. It took me like 30 minutes to complete it. Uh, <laughs> when normally, I mean, you know, it should, when you know what you're doing, it should take about, you know, a minute or so. And so <laughs> I, was, I, I got really frustrated at him and I said, are you sure you want to do this? Because you're gonna, you're gonna piss off a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was pretty happy with it. And, and we, we, we kept it that way. Good. That's funny. All right, top All right. spot. We've got a challenge ahead of us. Uh, yeah, you I guys guess so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I'm gonna have to go back and check, but I think when I played this on the PS4, yeah, I went through. I had to look up where some of these things were, but I yeah. know I did several of them. I do. I do know and where they were the challenging, um, yeah. where the human one is. That one is actually in the town. Is that one is. It's not really a secret. I mean, right. it's it's not hard to find. I should say. Very good. Nice, nice addition. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Those were, those were fun to do. There's one other thing I want to ask about, um, because during my stream, somebody was mentioning this and mm -hmm. I don't think that this was available in the master system version. We mentioned that there are rooms that you can find where you can transform between all of the different animal forms. Mm -hmm. But apparently in the remake, if you have the Tasmanian sword, you can transform anywhere. By what? Swinging the sword and hitting up, or I forget what it is exactly. I think you have to like be falling or jumping. So, Sebastian, do you do you know about this Tasmanian sword transformation? Was that something that was different from the original Master System version? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this is something we, we changed quite a bit. So while we don't have the answer for sure, we believe that it was used as a debug feature in the original game. Um, okay. The, the way you, you could actually use the Tasmanian sword in the original game by connecting uh, a second controller and, and pressing a combination of, of uh, buttons. I don't exactly recall wh what buttons. Um, but it's interesting because it's not a two-player game. Right. And so it was something that maybe, you know, uh, the developers thought that it would not be, uh, not ever be found. But so when we created the remake, we were like, well, you know, that, that's kind of a cool feature. So we, we added that uh, as, a, as a more integral part of the, the remake. And we added little effects where you have like a, a thunder effect when you transform. And, and what's interesting is that it completely changed the, the way that people were playing the game. Uh, we, we started to look at, at playthroughs and, and watch people stream it. And everybody was like, oh, you got to find the Tasmanian sword and, and transform into a, you know, a, a lion man because it gives you more like, power. And so uh -huh. it's, it's not something that we were expecting when we, when we added that feature. But I think it really, uh, you know, this, this secret kind of changed the way that people play the game today compared to how they originally played it. Nice. Yeah, did you um, top spot? I did not find it. Um, and the only time I got stuck, I I try to figure out th these video games on my own. It's it's actually where I get a lot of my pleasure from. So I try to avoid walkthroughs whenever possible. But the only place I got stuck was I assumed you would eventually get a way to transform at will. I didn't know that wasn't a part of the original game, you know. So there was a place where I thought I couldn't go until I found this transformation ability. Well, it turns out I was overlooking an easy way into it. <laughs> so, oh. I did, I, yeah, you just have to be the mouse man and can stand sideways and, and stab your sword down to go down. Oh, into, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I thought I couldn't get down there without being Lion Man first, you know. So yeah. anyway, um, but no, I never found the Tasmanian sword yet. Yet, <laughs> but it definitely okay. will open up because I, I spotted a couple of different places that I think I can only get to uh, by being able to transform at will. So, mm -hmm. okay, 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 good. I want, I, I'd like now if we can, mm -hmm. I want to. We've talked a little bit about some of the reverse engineering, right? We, we've talked about the differences between them. Um, I've got several notes here, but really, I, I think I, I kind of want to open it up to Sebastian. Can you give us a little bit of insight into what it took to do, how you were able to make the remake as accurate as you could to the original? What what did that entail? Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, that's that's really uh, uh, that's really Omar who went through the initial painful work of reverse engineering the the I would say the 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 base logic of the game. Um, so the way it worked is that he actually used an emulator running the original game, added uh, some kind of visualization helper tools on top of that to try to find out, you know, where does the game uh, store the position for the main character? Where uh -huh. are the hearts stored? And so you basically start uh, finding these random addresses uh, in memory, and you know, you you try to poke at them. You modify something, and then you realize, oh well, now turns out I have a new sword, 
So that means you found, uh, you know, where the equipment uh, is located in memory. Right. And you iterate over and over. It's, uh, you, you know, you, you don't sleep for weeks. <laughs> and then finally, you've got <laughs> something that, that you kind of understand. And after it's a matter of, of more adding a nice coat of paint on, on top. What, what, we, what we did, though, which is pretty, pretty interesting, is that the remake itself is an emulator. So we are actually running the original game at all times. And what we do wow. is that we, we kind of hook up certain uh, functions within the original game, and we alter them on the fly. So we, we kind of add this new high-level functionality to the original game by detecting certain patterns. And, and that's, that's how you produce what, what, what we did. Nice. So, wow. so were you, okay, so when you say you're running an emulator, I don't want to get too technical, which I'd love to do, but um, you said you're running the actual original game, the original Z80 CPU code, uh, so yeah, it is it is running Z80 code, and and this is, you know, what I ate for for a lot of weeks as well myself, <laughs> trying to figure out, you know, uh, I, you know how how is an, an enemy moving, and you know how uh, we we actually added something we did, we haven't talked about this, but we added a new type of of uh, of enemies. The the enemies in these games are are color coded. The red ones are yeah. easier. The the green ones are are middle, and the 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 blue ones are are the hardest. And and so we we actually added yellow enemies in the in this game, uh, and we wanted something special for them. So we altered their speed, and of course they're 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 a lot more powerful. Uh, and you can find these enemies more in hard and extreme modes, for instance. Uh, right. But but what was interesting? It's like yellow frogs. Yeah. Yeah, right. There's the yellow frogs, yellow snakes, all those bastards. Um, <laughs> and so, I, I, so as I was uh, like trying to understand, like, you know, how can I even alter the original retro mode to show those yellow enemies, right? Because the original game worked with the what we call a palette, and so you, right. you know, all, all the enemy sprites were the same. Uh, except they would just change the color, so that saves memory. And so as I was trying to understand how the palette of these enemies work, um, I actually realized that there was an extra unused color, which was kind of brownish gold. And so it's crazy because it, it, we never ended up actually making it in the final product uh, at the time. But I actually reused that piece inside the original game to 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 add this new functionality. So I thought that was cool. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, did you have any challenges? Any particular challenges when you were when you were if you're running the old code on a new console? And I, I guess I'm thinking of things like, you know, Omar's article. He mentioned things about the 60 frames per second. Anything with widescreen. Or, or the, even the rendering switch, where you can go on the fly between the two graphics modes and music modes. How, how was that? What, what kind of challenges did you face there? Yeah, yeah. So I, I would say the the I, I'll start with the easiest, the, the the switch back and forth. 
this is actually pretty straightforward because we're kind of rendering the old game at all times. And then we are just adding something on top. So making yeah. that switch is not too complex. The, the, the white screen part required a bit of work because, of course, some levels were, you know, uh, four by three and not meant to take that much amount of the screens. Yeah. We, that, that did impact uh, a, a few things such as the, the bosses. The bosses, so I, I had to go and edit a lot of random things in, in, uh, in, in the boss uh, code, basically, the logic. Uh, because it, it was just not spawning across the, an entire white screen. The, the 60 frames per second was probably the worst. Um, the, and you, you were just talking about the challenges of, of running Z80 code. So I'm, I'm going to go into a tiny bit of technical details. But there are uh, what we call registers on, on, the, on the Z80, which store uh, stuff like like the position of the enemies and the speed of the enemies, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, at the time, uh, you know, that CPU was not very powerful. And so it could only hold integer registers, so no floating point or anything. And so we realized that, you know, moving it to 60 frames per second, it would cause some problems. For instance, if an enemy was moving, uh, let's say 13 pixels per frame, and now you're running twice faster. So in theory, you want to move 7.5, or sorry, 6.5 pixels per frame, but you can't store that in the registers of the original Z80. And so we had to do some tricks, like detect whether it's an odd or even frame and move by eight or seven, or in that case, six or seven pixels per frame, et cetera, et cetera. There was wow. also like uh, some challenges with the, I remember in particular the, the whole intro where it says, uh, you know, oh, you have this adventure that, that awaits you, et cetera. And so there was a lot of uh, little tricks with timings and, and changing the palettes to kind of make gradients of color and, and you know, where the, the clouds are moving in the background, et cetera. And to get uh, all of these values figured out when you multiply the, the number of frames by two, that was challenging because there was a lot of hard-coded value within, uh, within the original game. So we had to find a lot of little bits of memory here and there to just you know, make sure that those values were divided by two or multiplied by two when it needed to be. So that, yeah. uh, I think, was the the probably the highest number of bugs we were tracking throughout development it was just making sure that uh, we are able to render at 60 fps and bring that smooth new experience from that old uh, title right well i'll tell you i mean as a fan of the original game i certainly appreciate how seriously you guys took making this game as faithful to the original as you could and then uh, enhancing it where it made sense and keeping it, you know, faithful uh, in the gameplay. It is really a, just a fantastic, uh, a fantastic job. And uh, all that technical stuff sounds, uh, it definitely sounds like a challenge, but I, I think it, it comes through in the, in the end. Yeah. You uh, can tell, you can tell it's a love letter to the original. Like, absolutely. yeah, yeah. 
so much care taken. Yeah. So let's let's maybe that's a good point. Now we can we can segue into sort of our our overall thoughts of the game. Top spot. Why don't you? You're a first time player. Uh, tell us what you feel. What what do you think about this game? I mean, just well, lay it all out. There, there's a lot of words that we use to describe video games, and some of them get used a lot. But and I don't mean just the remake because the remake is built on the skeleton of the original. So this goes back to the original too. This game has a lot of charm. <laughs> it takes <laughs> itself seriously enough, but not too seriously. You're fighting a dragon who's also a mummy. You're fighting a dragon who's also a vampire. It's 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 just got so many unique ideas to it. Um, I I absolutely had a great time with it. A surprisingly good time. I don't play a lot of retro games that I didn't play originally in the time in their time. So going back, I knew it was going to be different than the games that I play now. But it, 1989, that's not exactly primitive. So, but even so, I was still surprised at how, uh, how prescient some of the design decisions were and, and how playable it was even today. So, yeah, this definitely hit, hit me in just the right way, and, and I'm so glad to have been able to accomplish that. Um, uh, before I started, Melissa has mentioned a few times how it was supposed to be a short game. Like how long to beat? Listen, like four to five hours. No, nope, not for me. Eight hours. <laughs> it, it took me eight start to finish, and I'm sure it's just mostly because of uh, of just misjudging my my hits and and dying a lot. But uh, I was always ready to hop right back in there and keep going forward. So, how about you, Sebastian? What do what do you now? You've worked on the game, so that may I don't know how that's going to affect you. What what are your overall thoughts on on Wonder Boy, uh, this game? Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a quasi impossible uh, question to answer now for me uh, because it's it's uh, I mean I've, I've I've lived the development too much but I, yeah. I think I, I, I you know I'm I see it as a as something that I'm proud to to have been able to uh, to to respect in a way uh, this is uh, like top spot was saying a love letter that we we try to to, to put out. And so I, I love the original for for many reasons that I mentioned uh, already, and, and I, I like the end result of, of the of the product we we've made. Oh sure, good. Melissa, how about you? You played it for the first time. I did, and um, like I said at first, because I was coming off of a you know new game, new PlayStation Four, God of War twenty eighteen to. To 1989 remake. Remake, yeah. Yeah. So at first I was like, oh, this is going to be rough. But then I, you know, like I said, Top Spot gave me a little help and I paused and I really just enjoyed the game for it was. And, you know, and like he said before, it, it, there is a little bit of difficulty, but it's not cheap. It's definitely doable. I, my gameplay was 659. Top spot, so I wasn't that far behind you. Ah, uh, you beat um, me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and and really, too, I think the game kind of goes like it kind of ebbs and flows in terms of difficulty. Like you know, I had difficulty with Piranha Man, like a lot, it seemed, and then I just flew through Lion Man. I mean, oh, yeah. when I told you that I had, I was finished, surprised finished Piranha Man and got through Lion Man and I was already at Hawkman, you were like, no way. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, what 
Lion Man was easy. No, you know? I struggled with Lion Man. Yeah, so on my playthrough. Yeah, it, it's just it's just you know how how it works. And maybe by that time too, I was kind of getting into a groove, right? Okay. You know? So I I really enjoyed it. The music is great. You know, the graphics are great. It's just you know, and I, I want to say it's a cute game. I like it. Cute. It is cute. Oh, it is cute. Yeah. One thing. So you one guys enjoy. One quick thing I wanted to mention. Uh, I had a little bit of trouble with Mouse Man. Uh, uh-huh. you're, you're traveling, uh, westward and you've got to make all these jumps and your character has a certain amount of momentum starting and stopping. Uh, you can't, yeah. you know, go straight from a standstill to make some of the jumps. But what helped me was actually switching to the old school graphics. <laughs> like it put me in the mindset of, oh, I need to treat it like an old game. And, and I had an easier time once I switched to the old graphics. That's nice. interesting. That's an it was, interesting trick. It was just a, like a mnemonic trick, but it, it yeah. worked. It helped get me through the area. It made your brain think that you got to approach it like an old school game. Isn't that yeah. that's something? That's really something. Okay. Uh, let's see here. So we, you want my, oh, I, don't know. Do you well, have I, I mean, I grew up with the game. Yeah. It's always been one of our favorites. Uh, I jumped right on it when I started paying attention to it. As soon as I heard about it, wasn't surprised to hear that Omar had a, had a hand in it. He was a big fan. And I can tell you, at least based on what I know, which is not very much, that it definitely was a love letter to Wonder Boy. Um, I know Omar uh, loved Wonder Boy 3. He named his emulator Mecha after the Mecha Dragon from this game. And, um, yeah, I wasn't at all surprised to hear that he had a hand in it. Um, I, I love it, too. I think it's one of my favorite People always talk about Fantasy Star as sort of the, the number one Sega Master System game, but I, I really think Wonder Boy 3 could uh, gives it a run for its money in, in terms of the number one, uh, at least U.S. released, and maybe worldwide uh, Master System games. Um, so I, I adore the game, and we have it on every possible version. Uh, I think I can, you know, not every, but many of the different versions mm-hmm. we have because I just can't get enough of it. Um, and so we also reached out to the community, right? Mm-hmm. We wanted to see what some of the Cartridge Club community had to say about it. Uh, do you have some of those? Uh... Yes. So um, we have Rocco Estelan uh, commented that it was a masterclass on how to remake a game. Yes. So definitely um, shows how well uh, that remake That's is. been received, yeah. yeah. And then Church at the Game Grinder said, uh, Wonder Boy the Dragon's Trap is what you get when you mix a beloved classic with a team of inspired developers to remake a game that displays its passion so well. It just makes me feel good inside. Yeah, that's nice. So, you know, Sebastian, thank you for the work that you guys have done. Uh, the, the game, it's a huge, obviously, a huge fan favorite and even... Uh, a wider audience now of people get to enjoy uh, this this wonderful game. Um, but we can maybe we can now look beyond Wonder Boy three, right? This is I keep calling it Wonder Boy three. It's actually uh, Monster World two. It's a sequel to Monster World one. There's a whole series of games out here out there. Um, Top spot, you mentioned it's a confusing series, and I think it's confusing. Uh, let me ask Sebastian, Sebastian, do you know much about the Monster World? series yeah so in- interestingly enough i haven't played all of the games in the series but it's it's uh well it is extremely confusing to say the least uh, monster world 2 is the 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 name of the the original japanese game uh which was wonder boy 3 in in the us and in europe and other parts of the world 
It turns out there's also Monster World, Monster World 3, there's Monster World 4, there's like now a remake of Monster World 4, there's like, you know, a top spot mentioned Adventure Island, which was outside of the Monster World series, but was called still Wonder Boy. And it, that was the original one, which I, by right. the way, loved. I, I loved it. I, I don't know why you said you didn't like it, but <laughs> I loved it myself. Sorry. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm uh, the every every time I'm asked about this question, I I have to kind of remember and and uh, you know think about what exactly this license is, and it's it's so complex that uh, you know you would need a, a giant graph to to figure it out. That's true. That's true. I'm going to. Um, I did a little bit of research, and I want to just mention some of these. As you mentioned. It's called Wonder Boy 3 on the Master System, but it's really Monster World 2. Monster World 1 is also available on the Master System. I think it was available in the arcade. It's called Wonder Boy and Monster Land, sometimes called Wonder Boy and Monster World, sometimes called Super Wonder Boy and Super Monster Land. <laughs> That's a prequel to the, or, uh, the, the first in the series. It's a little bit like this. I think it's got some more RP, more, more adventure type things to it. Um, after this game, there's Wonder Boy and Monster World that's available on the Sega Genesis. There's Monster World 4, which never came to the U.S., but is getting a re-release, a remake maybe. I think it's called Asha in Monster World or something like that. That's probably coming out on modern systems. And then there's one that I consider to be uh, very much a... Sp I, I don't know how, it's, how much of a sequel it is, but it certainly has the same kind of gameplay where you are going through the world and transforming into different creatures. And that's called Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom, which I know is available on Switch. I'm not sure if it's available elsewhere. But there are a number of games in this series. So if you're interested in Monster, uh, Wonder Boy 3 or Wonder Boy the Dragon's Trap, there are at least four others out there that you can, <laughs> uh, you can uh, check into. And, and Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom, I think, is one that uh, people should definitely look at. Um, it's out now. It's a little bit hard to get physically, but I think it's still out there digitally. So um, that's going to do it for this episode um, of the Cartridge Club Game of the Month podcast. Uh, the upcoming games we have for February are going to be Ghostbusters, the video game, which is on the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. And now there's a remastered version that you can play on the Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Microsoft Windows. Uh, then in March, we are celebrating Turtle Power, where we'll be playing through three classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games. TMNT, the arcade game, TMNT, Hyperstone Heist for Sega Genesis, and TMNT, Turtles in Time, which is the arcade and SNES. Finally, we, uh, you and I, have the honor of mm -hmm. announcing April's Game of the Month for the Cartridge Club, and that will be... The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. <laughs> Woo! And actually, you and I are going to be hosting. Yes, we're going to be hosting that one, too. And You've played this one. I've played this. And I haven't. That's correct. So we're going to flip. That's right. It's. Uh, I would say it's my favorite Zelda game because it's the only Zelda game I've played. <laughs> and uh, so I'm going to enjoy watching you play through it. And um, maybe I'll play it again. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. And then uh, our sister podcast, uh, the PC-focused Quick Save Club. They will be playing racing games in February, and March will be Mods Month, where they'll be talking about some of their favorite mods. And then April will be Shadow Warrior. If you would like to get involved with the Cartridge Club, 
Please follow us on Twitter at Cartridge Club NA. You can also visit our Discord for all kinds of discussions about games of the month, general video gaming, uh, gaming news, uh, all kinds of things. And there's also the Cartridge Club forums at cartridgeclub.org and Facebook community and group pages. In addition to those of you who are interested in supporting the club beyond a review on the podcast app of your choice, I'd like to mention that the club is entirely funded by pledges made from members of our community. We are extremely grateful to those supporters, and if you're interested in becoming one of them, please look into it at patreon.com slash cartridge club. And finally, we want to uh, thank our guests for joining us today. Uh, Top Spot, where can we find you? Well, thank you again for having me. Um, I go by Top Spot 123. If you search that name, you're going to find me just anywhere I've posted anything. I'm most active with my YouTube channel. And as far as social media, I really only use Twitter on the regular. So you can find me pretty easily. Great. Thanks so much, Top Spot. It's been a real pleasure having you. Sebastian, any last comments or plugs you want to make? Oh, well, thanks a lot for having me, guys. I had a, had a great time reminiscing about the past. And I, I, I will say I'm not very active on social media, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to my work at Nintendo and, uh, and try to, to create some new nice stuff for everybody. Oh, oh excellent. Awesome. I, won't, I won't even ask you about any, <laughs> any special things that you could, could tell us about with, uh, I'm sure Nintendo likes to keep their secrets. Thanks they for do. being on. It, it was a real pleasure talking to you uh, and getting some developer insights. And you can tell we are all big fans of the Wonder Boy uh, remake. So thanks again, Sebastian. Thank you. All right. Well, you can find I'm Mrs. Q-Dog, and uh, that's M-R-S-Q-D-A-W-G. And you can find me on Twitter as Mrs. Q-Dog. And I'm Mighty Q-Dog. And Melissa and I, we have a YouTube channel that we occasionally put interesting things on uh, called The Mighty Q-Dog. And you can find us sometimes in the cartridge club discord yes and don't forget to play the april game of the month and you can listen to us talk about that guy too yes wind week all right well uh thanks again to top spot and sebastian for joining us and uh everyone listening we look forward to hearing from you soon thank you for joining us cc unite